0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Ed and Bob Show, Reopening America, number 19.
1: Good morning, good morning. Yes, a week away from Christmas Eve as we record this. It is the Ed and Bob Show. We're so glad to have you here. I am Bob. He's Ed. You heard from him. You heard our song, and now we got about 30 minutes or so of a lot of ground to cover from coronavirus to political Ah, uh, to new other news to runoff in Georgia and uh, sports. We're going to cover that too. So I hope you'll stick with us, the Ed and Bob Show. Reopening America, number nineteen, or Opening America, number nineteen. So stay with us. So let's go out to my buddy Ed Brantley out in Brantleyville.
0: How you doing, sir? Well, Bob, thank you for asking. Ed's okay. Life is good. Getting ready for Christmas, doing all those fun things, and I tell you, I'm really blessed that my health has been so good. So. I appreciate you asking. What's going on with you? Thanks, Ed. In the Thomas household, we are busy,
1: mostly staying in and wrapping gifts. And you know, we bought one hundred percent of all our gifts online this year. Yes, and uh, we we tried to order also from local stores, but we did everything to where they could deliver it to us. So. I think that's a smart way to be, and um, we're trying to stay safe. You know how it is. Up, is. Uh, let's see. What else are we doing? We're watching a lot of the TV shows. One of the new shows we've been watching is this uh, uh, Life in Pieces, uh, which is pretty funny. And then we um, have watched a couple of movies. So, you know, it's the same old thing. Uh, streaming has become the new thing for everybody. I don't think I've watched the news in years. I get more news from Twitter and on my phone than anywhere else. I don't watch any uh, local or national news because, um, well, we've we've talked about why we don't do that. So let's go out to Ed and let's see how everything's going at his house.
0: Well, I'm happy to say that the family is good. The grandkids are good. Still don't have a job, but I'm not really looking for one either. So it doesn't make any difference, I guess. I don't want to take a job away from somebody else. But this, uh, you know, this this thing with the government—it just—it's so confusing right now. I mean, the world is just upside down. It's so unlike all the previous Christmases. It's just—it's scary, that's for sure. I got a nice card to mail from Humana, which is my healthcare provider. They sent me a Mastercard for a hundred dollars, so that was nice. That's more than I'm getting from the United States government right now. Although uh, I did see where our Social Security is going up, that free money that we're getting. So the Christmas holidays are here, slow down at restaurants, and it's just, uh, you know, it's it's what it is. So, Bob, let's get to the latest on the coronavirus numbers.
1: All right, Ed, let's get into the coronavirus numbers. We always give you the update on that. Of course, we're having a spike across the United States. They're saying that Tennessee is one of the top five fastest-growing cases across the United States. So put that in your um, pipe and puff it. All right, worldwide, 72.8 million cases, 41 million people have recovered. There's been 100.6, so about 1.5 million people died from it. In the U.S., total cases, 16.6 million cases. That's up 200,000 here in just a, a day, <clears throat> and uh, total deaths, 302,000. You remember when they kept thinking there w- it would be about 60,000 deaths? Uh, however, I do believe that even if you, you've died of something else and have uh, extenuating circumstances, they're putting down that you are dying of coronavirus. I do believe that because it's paid for 100%. In the state of Tennessee, we have 453,000 cases. That's up 9,769. Uh, there's been 5,484 deaths. I remember that number used to be about four or 500. Um, and in Knox County, where Ed and I live... 25,843 cases of coronavirus. It's up 579 in the last day. And there's been 223 deaths. Five people died uh, yesterday. So um, vaccines are rolling out. The first vaccine from Pfizer. Now, it's it's a two-shot vaccine. You get one shot, and then you have to take another one in about 30 days. And from what I'm hearing, it is only really effective for maybe three or four months. We need more details on that. The Moderna vaccine is highly protective. It's also about ninety-five percent effective, like the Pfizer one. It is also a two-shot, um, a two-shot thing, and they should be uh, get FDA approval here just momentarily. I mean, really, literally, by the time you hear this, they may be approved. Uh, they really believe that these. Um, now, the next one's going to come out. I think is Johnson and Johnson. Or it's coming out soon, and it'll be one shot and done. Um, You got Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, uh, and they all reported to be 95% effective. Uh, I heard about the one in Russia. Um, They said that if you drink vodka or if you drink alcohol uh, within um, a month or uh, three months of taking the shot, it makes it. Like less effective, so you can choose to get the sh- the vaccine or you can drink. Can't do both. Uh, the uh, CDC is recommending against travel for Christmas. So I don't know if you've got plans. If you're traveling somewhere, uh, airlines are packed. I mean, people are traveling anyway, and I, I know a lot of people are wearing masks. But ma- I don't know if the masks are making a difference if we're having such a spike. Uh, I still, most of the places I go to, uh, people are wearing a mask. Um, so, is that really going to be enough? Social distancing is important. We've all just got to be careful with these numbers, Ed. Um, it is a scary thing uh, to see this happening at Christmas time. Uh, I saw where Dr. Fauci was saying he was not going to spend time with his children or celebrate his birthday on Christmas Eve, which is a week away. Um, because he was trying to be safe, and I guess he's trying to say example for everyone in the United States, uh, which he has to do, because we've all heard about so many different elected officials that say, don't go out, don't go out, and then they're in Cabo San Lucas partying, or they're at a wine bar in San Francisco. I've seen all these pictures. You know, practice what you preach there. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Elected Official, if you're going to tell everybody to not get out, then you shouldn't get out as well and and go against your own guidelines. Just my thought. That's the latest coronavirus numbers. Folks, we got to be careful. Let's get rid of this. Let's get the vaccine out there. You know, it's going to take six months for, even as it starts rolling out, I guess, to really uh, get this thing under control. So, But what's six months when it could be your life, okay? Ed, what about all this stuff?
0: I know there's a lot of people sick in this country, and I, I, I don't see it myself. Um, my wife, who's a nurse at a doctor's office, tells me that it's almost every day now. There's four or five people who have who have the virus, and and it's it's. Um, but they're not dying. Uh, I think the people who are dying and who are deathly ill seem to be the people who have an underlying medical condition. Now I'm not sure that's correct, but that's my feeling anyway, you know, like from nursing homes and things like that. So the numbers are terrific. They're not that bad in Tennessee, however, nationwide it's it's terrible. I can't stand to watch the news anymore because the first thing they show is is a is an emergency room or ICU unit and the nurses are all tired and they can't work and and there's no more hospital beds and I don't see that I mean where I live I just don't see that and I know you don't either probably where you live but that's what you see nationally so I don't I don't really want to watch the news anymore I'm telling you I just don't want to watch it anymore it's depressing I don't think it's helping and I think the best thing to do is to wear the mask and let's go on you know but it, the numbers are terrific, and I'm afraid that, you know, I say it's also where Knox County Schools is going to cancel in-person classes until after Christmas to try to keep the keep the contact down. But I think wearing a mask should be enough. But the problem is, everybody has to wear a mask, and I don't think traveling for Christmas is a good idea. I wouldn't get on an airplane. You couldn't pay me to get on an airplane at Christmas time. There's no way. But it, it, it you know, the, the vaccine won't take effect until probably next spring or summer when everybody gets a copy of it, if they take it. And I think there's a lot of people that's not going to take it, and that's just going to make it, it worse. So uh, it, 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 it is what it is. But I, I'm, I think we, we keep doing what we're doing wear the mask, stay away from crowds and do the best we can there, okay? That's for sure. So what do you think about the election?
1: So, Ed, you don't watch the news? (laughs) I've been saying that for a long time. It is depressing. I agree with what you're saying. And um, um, I I don't watch the local news, national news. A lot of it's all slanted anyway, according. We've learned, one thing the Trump um, administration has taught us is that All these news outlets have agendas, and they slant the news in the way they want you to hear it. And that's just a fact. All right. Yes, Ed, you said the um, election, the electors have uh, voted. Now, those will be counted in January uh, by Congress. So the Electoral College has voted. Those votes will be counted on January 6th. Um, You know, and I I guess I'm looking at all this stuff. You constantly see it every day about – uh, fraud. You see videos of, of people getting ballots out of nowhere, and then the judges refuse to even hear the cases, which is a little strange to me. I mean, as I've said before, one of the great things that separates the United States from other countries is everyone believes the elections to be fair, and I don't think people feel that way anymore. And we should do everything possible. To make sure every election is fair, if we have to, to, to we we have to make people feel confident it was fair. Because if not, we don't have an election. We don't have a election at all. It's just a fraud. So let's make sure that it's fair. And then whoever wins wins. I don't care. Uh, I'm always I, listen. I, I I wish everybody in the United States would vote. A lot of people don't agree with that, but. I'm fine with everybody voting if you are a legal registered voter. And whoever wins, I'll celebrate them. That's great. I don't care who it is. It'll be your candidate. it could be my candidate. I just want a fair election. Election, that's all I'm asking. Let's ensure that's what that is. Because let's say, you know, if if you're a Democrat and you're excited and you can't believe that Trump is, um, you know, contesting this election— It may one day be on the other shoe, on the other foot. And then wouldn't you want to be heard? Wouldn't you want to make sure your claims were heard and listened to fairly? I would. I don't care what your uh, political leaning is. Every election should be beyond a doubt fair. All right. All right, you hear a lot of talk about what's going on um, in Georgia and let me kind of explain it to you. In Georgia, they have a runoff election system. It's similar to what they do in the Knoxville City elections. A runoff election, that you put everybody all in one big basket, and then the top two vote-getters, no matter what party they are, they are your final candidates. So uh, that's what's called a runoff election. That's the way Georgia is. And Georgia has two Senate seats. There are two Senate seats, both are up in these special elections because they're having a runoff. Nobody got 50% plus one vote in their election. So you've got Republican Senator David Perdue running against Democratic challenger uh, John Ossoff. Uh, Perdue just narrowly missed having the 50% plus one. The other election is Democrat Reverend Raphael Warnock challenging Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler. Um, they both received the most votes. They neither one got close to the fifty percent. There were twenty candidates in their race, so there is going to be an election, and you're going to have two uh, senators to be elected on January fifth. That's when the election will be. Now I'm sure early voting is taking place now, but the election will be January fifth. And what's at stake? Are right now uh, we have or. or Republicans have 50 senators, the Democrats have 48. If the Democrats were to win both of these seats, that would give them an equal amount, plus you'd have the vice president that could vote for um, any tie votes. But if the Republicans just win one of these two, they will maintain a majority in the Senate um, so if they win two, they'll be happy, but if they win one, they're going to be happy because that will give them um, 51 seats in the Senate. So that's what all that talk is about uh, Georgia, and so that's why everybody's going down there. Uh, as far as Trump, his last hope, I think, is the Supreme Court. So we'll see if they're going to end up hearing his case or not against uh, making sure this was a fair election. Biden, if he is sworn in, will be uh, the oldest President ever to be sworn in, seventy-eight years old. So, uh, you know, God make you a little wondering if he can make it. If he makes it, I'm sure the statistics will tell you uh, he's got a less chance of making it through uh, two or one term, and of course, as well as two, just by the fact of his mere age. So, but we're wishing no ill will on anybody. Just stating some facts here of how old he is, and he will be the oldest uh, to be sworn in if he is sworn in. So that's the latest on politics. Ed, your take on all this election stuff?
0: All 538 electors voted this past Monday in the Electoral College, and that's putting uh, President Biden in office for the 2020 presidential election. And their votes will be sent to Washington on January the 6th. So that was the last long shot chance for Trump's allies to challenge this election. And and the thing that gets me is is that all the people that's looked at the election have they can't say there's any voter fraud. A lot of people say that, well you know there's voter fraud here, voter fraud there, but not not the not the kind that would make a difference in the election. And I think the that's just what it is. So There's not any room left to prove voter fraud of Trump's own, uh, you know, attorney general said he has searched and searched and can't find any evidence of any major voter fraud. And now he just resigned because of it. But I guess Trump's last hope is the Supreme Court, if he can get them to listen to him. And I'm not sure that they will. So it, it, I think this, I think Trump realizes he made a bad mistake on the coronavirus. He should have jumped on that when it happened instead of saying there's no such thing. You know, and he's walking around without a mask. He should have done just the opposite and taken, uh, you know, these the, the opposite to that and really rallied America around him and the effort to get, because that would really work. I don't know that we would have this problem right now if President Trump had, had really gotten behind this effort and moved on in a in a safe way. So, You know, Biden is 78 years old. That's not bad, though. I mean, you know, heck, I'm 74. I'm still going. Huh? Come on. You can't cut him out on that now, right? (laughs) Come on, Bob. Just 78, for God's sake. All right, Bob, let's touch on sports. Tennessee football, they're going to fire the coach? Yeah, we could fire the coach. It only costs us $19 million. Of
1: course, I saw where they fired Miles on. Uh, and I'm sure that cost them a lot of money down in Auburn as well. You know, I've gone back and forth on this on the UT football thing. Um, Pruitt's married three years. Other people have been in their, case, in their uh, coaching uh, debuts in three years in the SEC, obviously doing far better than the University of T- Tennessee is. You know, we hired, listen, Pruitt's a nice guy. We hired him because nobody else wanted the job. Nobody else would take the job because we had gone, we were. We were running around like a chicken with our head cut off, trying to hire somebody, and didn't know what we were doing. And it was just disappointing. We hired just anybody we could that would take the job. Jeremy Pruitt's probably not a head coach. Uh, he, um, you know, if if we let him go, he's not going to be hired as a head coach by anybody anywhere. He'll end up being a defensive coordinator back at Alabama or somewhere, and, and that's fine. He's a very nice guy. He does a, a good job, he's not an SEC head coach, but he is one for the Vols right now. And I've kept saying, no, we got to hang on to him, give him four or five years. But, you know, the more I think about it, I think if we kept him five years, it would be the same thing we got right now. Uh, I don't think he has got um, – whatever it takes to coach in the SEC right now. And I kind of feel like you might as well cut him loose now because you may end up losing even more in ticket sales, fan base. uh, Over the next two years, that will cost you even more. So to save a little bit of money, I know $19 million is not a little bit of money, but to save that uh, and keep him, you may be losing more in the long run if he's here four or five years. I I just – and I hate it, but – and I don't know, again, who would want to come to Tennessee to coach because of um, just all the crazy things that have gone on here, the Butch Jones stuff, the Derek Dooley, uh, the craziness. It it doesn't make sense, so – We'll see what happens, see who Auburn, Auburn hires. Um, you know, Miles Own had winning records last three years. We didn't even have that. Hugh Freeze, uh, he is going to end up going somewhere. So many people are saying Michigan. Uh, somebody told me Eli Manning, uh, who has retired from the NFL, wants to coach. Would you hire him to coach the balls? Might bring Peyton on the sideline. Uh, it is exciting, uh, one sport at UT is the UT, are, well, there's many that are good, but I mean another one right now, the men's basketball team is undefeated, I think they're 4-0, ranked number 10 in the country, and they, I saw where they are the top defense, I believe, if not the top, I mean, the top three defenses in the in the NCAA. So Rick Barnes really knows how to coach them up, in my opinion, Um uh, he's got another game uh, this Friday and, uh, you know, several games before the SEC tournament uh, – not tournament, but schedule starts. And it's – you know, they're a fun group to watch. And I think he knows how to recruit, and I think people want to come and play for him. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think they may have a great year. So I hope you will get behind Rick Barnes and the Vols, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to play all their games – during this covid mess maybe they end up having to put them in a bubble and not letting them and not let them go to class uh, but just stay in the bubble and play basketball and go to school virtually or something i don't know i mean it's uh, it'll be amazing if they actually make it through the entire football i mean uh, basketball season to play all the games without some team getting a uh, uh, you know infected so we will see how it all plays out. Ed, we ever going to be good in football again? What do you
0: think? Well, Bob, two football, thank you for recognizing that Jeremy Pruitt is not a head coach. I didn't think he was when they hired him. I just I thought he was a high school football coach. But it's all wrapped up in this Alabama thing. You know, all these assistants from Alabama, all these universities were all offering them tons of money to come to their school, you know, because they had some good effort in that at Georgia and some other places. But Jeremy Pruitt is not a head football coach. He's got good players on there, but he doesn't manage them well. And I don't think he manages the assistant coaches very well, too. Might as well let him go. huh? Nope. We need to keep him and go through this. We need to keep him for a few more years. And, I mean, it's not going to make any difference. I don't think it will make one bit of difference whether he leaves or not at this time. I saw where Auburn fired uh, Malzahn have to pay him $21 million to leave. Now, where does a school down in Alabama get $21 million to pay a coach to leave? Of course, we did the same thing, uh, but I, I would keep him. <laughs> I think it's just a football game. It's, you know, it's you don't have to be number one at everything. So it's just a football game, and it, it's you know I, I just can't imagine paying these coaches the kind of money that they're paying them for nothing. You know, the, uh, Eli Manning. You think he'd come to Tennessee to coach? Why would he want to coach football? and Go through all of that. I wouldn't do it. Hugh Freeze, Rick Barnes, and his basketball voles are undefeated, and they're good. Now, that's that's a different thing. But and can can you go? Can everybody go in Thompson Bowling Arena? I don't know that. I I know people with season tickets, but I don't know if they get to use them or not. So, UT football. I think UT football is going to be mediocre. It it's it, it's just not going to make any difference for the next few years. I just can't see anything happening there. We can, we just keep the coach and that'll teach us a good lesson and do the best we can. Change your schedule around a little bit. You know you're going. You know the games you're going to lose. You're going to lose to Georgia. You're going to lose to Florida. You're going to lose to Alabama. You're going to lose to Auburn. You're going to lose to those schools and and have fun at the ones that you went. Well, you're probably going to lose to Missouri now too. So uh, Texas A and M, they're good, but we're just not good anymore, and it's not going to be good for a long time, I don't think. So that's the story on UT football for me. I'm sorry, it's this way. I spent a lot of years at University of Tennessee selling football, going to the games, skybox fun, the the tailgating, and all that. The fun that we had, but I think those days are over now. We just—they're just not good anymore. And you know, and and it may go back to when we first started firing coaches. We just fired them left and right, but now there's no money left to fire them. It's very expensive. So, uh, Bob, what else is going on in the world? Okay, yeah, other
1: news. I do have some other news. First, I'll answer some of your questions. About, about 4,000 people is all they seat in Thompson Bowling Arena for the basketball games. Now, they've been having about 2,500 people show up, and the women have only had maybe 100 people show up. So um, it's tough. Uh, and what are you talking about? It's just a football game. We don't need to fire the coach. It's not just a football game. This is Tennessee football, Ed. Are you kidding me? All right, in other news, I want to remind everybody to get their flu shot. A lot of talk about COVID, but everybody kind of has brushed the flu aside. Be sure you've got your flu shot going into these colder days. In other news, I saw we're in San Francisco, Ed. There's a San Francisco committee that wants to remove Abraham Lincoln's name, from the a high school, I guess Abraham Lincoln High School, because they say his past treatment of Native Americans. So uh, you know, I, I've never heard about Abraham Lincoln mistreating Native Americans, but also that was a long, long time ago. And didn't Abraham Lincoln do a lot of great things? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not um, all about this um making people uh pay for what you feel like is discriminating now when back then they you can't make people 150 years ago or longer and hold them up against today's um morals ethics um the way people act now, because, you know, society changes. It evolves, and it'll be different 100 years from now. And 100 years from now, they'll be finding something that we're doing wrong today, I'm sure. And it will be like that, but we can't keep trying to, to apologize for mistakes 150 years ago because we're not looking to the future and we're not moving forward. I think we got to be careful. And um, I saw where Knoxville City Council Vice Mayor Gwen McKenzie <clears throat> says she wants the city of Knoxville to apologize to the African-American community for slavery and for urban redevelopment with $100 million. Uh, the city, um, you know, a long time ago – the city uh, built the Coliseum and the auditorium and the safety center where the police department is. And it, at the time, that was, um, was like eighty percent of black community. <clears throat> A lot of people were relocated. Uh, that was late fifties, early sixties when they built the Coliseum and auditorium and so forth. Now, listen, I want everybody to be treated equally, fairly. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what religion you got. Uh, As long as you're a law-abiding citizen, it does not make any difference to me. But this goes back to talking about living, trying to correct things from a long time ago. or not correcting them. You're you're trying, well, I guess she said apologize for something that was seven generations ago. I didn't know any of those people. I had nothing to do with them, uh, nor did anybody else. Seven generations ago uh, when slavery ended. I so I don't really know. Uh, listen, slavery, slavery was a terrible thing, but I don't know how you st- can make people 160 years later start apologizing for it. I don't, I again, I want everybody to tr- be treated with respect. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, right now, it didn't um, Mayor Rojero is spending millions of dollars down um, Magnolia, which is a... Uh, mostly an African com- American community, and when I six forty is built going north, weren't hundreds uh, hundreds of people displaced? And I would dare say that was a majority. That was uh, that that was a minority of blacks. Uh, so there's been a lot of redevelopment, growing in the city of Knoxville. That's displaced people by eminent domain or just buying people out, and. That happens in the growth of cities, and it will continue to happen. We're going to have more interstates being built, I'm sure, in the future, and more people will be displaced. I don't know. I just, I, again, I, I, I don't want. I mean, of course, everything's. You know, everybody's got to be politically correct. I want everybody to be treated fairly, and what, But I, I just think it's you got to be careful when you start telling a community. They have to start doing something because something happened seven generations ago. And I just don't – because then where does it ever end? Okay, unemployment. A lot of people's unemployment is running out here at the end of the year. Uh, the latest I've heard, no stimulus package is in place. Uh, just a lot of arguing in Congress. And I be honest with you, I don't know what Congress – has achieved, really, over the past 10 years. Um, it's, it, I think one of the greatest things that we have that's a problem is we do not have term limits uh, for in the House of Representatives and the Senate. The president can only serve two terms, but senators and representatives can make a lifetime career at that job, which was never intended to be a lifetime career. what wasn't even meant to be a career. So if we could get that changed, I think we'd also uh, be a whole lot better off. All right, Ed, that's um, the other news and things that uh, I
0: see. Okay, let's move on. Ed, what do you got in other news? What's going on with the Knoxville City Council? Vice Mayor Gwen McKenzie wants the African-American community for to pay them for the slavery and urban redevelopment from downtown Knoxville when they moved them out to build the Coliseum. Well, you know, they didn't move them in to begin with. So how can you charge them for moving them out? I don't get it, you know. I mean, they had the choice to live wherever they wanted to, and that's where the community was. That was the black community in Knoxville. It's in East Knoxville. And it's still in East Knoxville for the most part, but it's just not around downtown area. So... When they when they built the Coliseum of the police headquarters and all of that they did they that's urban renewal and I understand that that was President Johnson I remember when he came here and went over that but you I mean you can't pay them for that can you come on you know it's it's just just it's just that's out of hand too you know, I think you know anytime something happens like that it's you stand up and say okay pay me pay me I want money for it well it's, it was different. It was a different era back then, and even even then, you couldn't pay for it. I can't imagine that. Well, enough on that. But uh, you know, unemployment's tough. I understand that. Black community—they've had a hard time for a lot of years. But just handing out money doesn't it not that you shouldn't hand out money, but I don't think you ought to just hand out money for something that happened generations ago it just it just doesn't make any sense, but the unemployment money for the you know for the people who are unemployed that's going to run out here at the end of the year, and it's going to be rough again, so we'll have to get that stimulus check out and get everybody some money so they can get back to work and get things going, okay? Well, Bob, you and your family, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you so much for letting me share my thoughts on this podcast over this past year. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed doing this. Never thought I'd ever be able to do something like this again, but I I really do and I I admire you for all the things you do and all the public service boards that you serve on and, and the, you know, the nativity pageant and all those things. It's just you're a great American, buddy. You have a lovely wife and a lovely family, and sometimes we're going to have to get together and, and break some bread, okay? I look forward to that. God bless you and your family and have a wonderful Christmas. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, Ed. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday. Love you all and take care of your family. Let's do break some bread here really soon. All right. If you want to contact the Ed and Bob Show, you can go to, you can email us at edandbob at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're there. Uh, Ed is at Ed Brantley. I am at Bob Thomas, K-N-O-X. Also, you can go to our uh, Ed and Bob Show Twitter. That's Ed and Bob. Knox, K-N-O-X. And we have a website, edinbob.com. We also are on Facebook. Look up uh, Ed and Bob on Facebook. We're there. You can leave comments there. We'd love to hear from you. Take care of those loved ones who are isolated because of this coronavirus. Let's have a great holiday, but let's keep it safe. Let's wear a mask. Let's uh, make sure that we're not spreading this, but we're trying to put it to an end. And uh, when it comes time to get your vaccine, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get rid of this damn thing. Get it out of here because it's ruined. 2020, somebody told me the other day 2020 has been the worst year of their life. Let's have 2021 be the best year of your life. Have a Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Take care of your loved ones. Take care of those elderly folks. Keep them safe. If you know somebody near you that is elderly, that is by themselves, send them a card. uh, Drop something off on their porch. Call them. If they text, text them. If they email, email them. But let's take care of each other in this world. All right. Have a Merry Christmas. Here's Dean Martin.
0: I kissed her and she kissed me, like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black, I hugged her and she hugged back, like the sailor said, folks